0: Welcome, everybody, to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is March 22nd, 2023. Time is 1.58 p.m., and, guys, we have a very special guest on the show today, Dr. Joseph Alton. Dr. Alton, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Jester.
0: Thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. So when I got the email to, to for you to come on the show, I went back and started looking at looking at your books and looking at what you were into, and the first question I have for you is how did what made you want to get into the survival medicine side of things
1: well you know i had retired from uh, active practice of medicine some time ago and but i would say that it would have to be hurricane katrina in 2005 it was uh, it was then that i saw pretty up close and personal what happens when the ambulance isn't just around the corner i mean not that we didn't have hundreds of medical personnel converging on the Gulf Coast at that time. That was happening even before the storm was completely through. But the personnel and technology were just not able to get to the victims due to flooding. And in Katrina, it was flooding that separated people from injuries, with injuries and illness from modern medical assistance. But any number of disasters can do that. An earthquake could make roads impassable, for example. So it became clear to me that if every family had someone in it with medical knowledge and supplies, If I could teach the average person how to deal with life-threatening emergencies, well, then some deaths I thought could be avoided. So my mission became to put a medically prepared person in every family. Which makes a lot of sense. And I got to tell you, so I I
0: used to live in the state of Florida. And when hurricanes would come through down there, uh, emergency services would simply be offline. Um, 911, EMS would not respond to calls. And when Irma came through in our county, I believe we lost about three people due to cardiac arrest because emergency services were simply just not available. And this isn't, this isn't something that the normal
1: person talks about. Oh, you're absolutely right. You know that, uh, in most situations we are, uh, you know, we're really blessed to have all these dedicated people that can get their ambulance, uh, to us in, in, the matter of minutes, but, Honestly, there are circumstances where if there are enough casualties or if the the weather is bad enough or there's flooding, well, you know, these guys are just not going to be able to reach us or might be heading in the other direction to help somebody else for all we know. So if you have somebody in the family with some supplies, with knowledge, with some training, well, you know what? You could easily save the life of one of your loved ones. And I think that that's something that was important enough for us to want to start writing about, and we wrote the the first article that I wrote was about uh, fish antibiotics. I was the guy who wrote the first article on fish antibiotics, at least first doctor who did, um, and that was uh, in uh, Survival Blog, uh, uh, published in Survival Blog back in two thousand and nine. And since then, we've written over over fifteen hundred articles, podcasts, and videos on medical preparedness. You so know, that's on our website. Go ahead.
0: It's it's really awesome you guys are getting out there and, and putting so much out there. So One thing I did want to comment on, too, as far as the disasters go with emergency services is that it's not just the idea EMS might not be able to get to you. It's the idea that there are so many injuries, there are so many things going wrong that in that sort of a circumstance, you might have to simply wait your turn and EMS might not be available for a very long period of time. But since you brought up the fish biotics, because... A lot of people in the prepper community, I get that question all the time. Are they worth buying? Are they the same thing? The research I've done on these suggests it's the same thing, just with different branding. They are 100% safe for humans. So, do you want to go ahead and give us the rundown on the fish biotics of what we need to know?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you that we're, uh, my wife and I are a pretty unusual couple in that we're not only medical professionals, she's a medical uh, nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife. And I'm a a fellow of the American College of Surgeons, and we also raise tilapia in ponds. So we're aquaculturists and we're medical professionals. And, you know, over the years, and I never really thought about this, but I would give antibiotics, let's say amoxicillin, to uh, a patient of mine who had an infection, infection that would be able to be treated with amoxicillin, right? And... When my fish had fin rot or some bacterial disease of fish, well, I would give them a product uh, that was called at the time fish mox. And when I started getting interested in uh, preparedness, I was thinking to myself, you know, there are going to be some very basic infections that could be easily treated with antibiotics that if the average person doesn't have access to them, it could cause a lot of unnecessary deaths. Let's say cholera would be one thing that's very easily treated with antibiotics these days but in the old times there were epidemics of it that killed thousands of people so what i did is i took a look at my uh, amoxicillin and i took a look at my fish mox and i found that the interesting thing about fish mox was that it was only produced in human dosages and it made me think well if i had a guppy why would I want to give my sick guppy the same dose I would give a 200-pound adult male, uh, a male human? And I, I thought that that was unusual, you know, but it only came in 250 milligrams and 500 milligrams, which are the doses that indeed are used by humans. And then I look, I decided you know to do the the real acid tests. I opened a bottle of the fish mox I opened a bottle of uh, human amoxicillin made by Deva Pharmaceuticals, and the human amoxicillin was a red and pink capsule with the numbers and letters WC731 on it. And the fishmox was a red and pink capsule with the numbers and letters WC731 on it.
2: Are you looking for something kick ass to add to your closet? Reaper has the hookup for t-shirts, hoodies, button ups, hats, beanies, and plenty of other badass products. You can check out Reaper Apparel Company at www.reaperapparelco.com and use code DOOM10 for 10% off. Jester only stands behind brands he believes in and Dan at Reaper Apparel has a mission and Jester is on board. Go check out www.reaperapparelco.com today and use code DOOM10 for 10% off your entire order. Why be a sheep when you can reap? use code DOOM10 for 10% off at www.reaperapparel.co.com today.
1: I found 14 different antibiotics that were exactly like that. That were packaged that were made for humans, packaged for the fish trade, the ornamental fish trade, uh, you know, pet fish and pet birds also, uh, they had some of those. And uh, I was able to pick out just a whole bunch of them that would be useful in times of trouble. And if you're knocked off the grid and you don't have antibiotics, you're going to lose people, you know, especially maybe children uh, due to simple infections that you could easily have treated if you just had a good supply of these. And if you don't believe me, just go back to the time before antibiotics, you know, we have a, a place in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And if you go to the, uh, cemeteries there you see all these little tombstones with lambs on them there those are the little kids and a lot of kids died at the age of two like age of one age of four or five and they were di- they were dying of infections that would have been able to be treated with the antibiotics if people had them and so I wanted to make sure that people knew that these medications in fish form, were the exact same thing, and I, even, and, and I checked it with pharmacies, too, by the way, that they were just redistributed in different packaging for the, for the fish trade. And uh, if you don't have some of these in your medical supplies, well, you are, and, in reality, not completely medically prepared. And so every family medic needs to have a supply of antibiotics, and this is a way they can get it without a prescription, There are a number of different places that you can get it uh, at. uh, Fishmoxfishflex.com is one that's uh, had them for years. And I think it's important for people to start thinking about doing that soon because the government has recently stated that they are going to have an increased stewardship, quote-unquote, of antibiotics. And they have already uh, instituted this for food-producing livestock. So that's called the Federal veterinary feed directive and farmers that used to be able to just go to the feed store and buy their ampicillin and buy those uh, antibiotics now have to go through a prescription from an actual veterinarian and so this is this is a big issue but for for the time being it mostly relates to food producing livestock the decorate the ornamental fish trade Uh, still you can get these things uh, in the whatever quantity you actually need to.
0: Right, you know, and I, I just assumed, because I, I did notice that with the fish biotics, they are the same dosages. They're the same milligrams. I just kind of assumed it was because when you were adding these things, thing, adding these biotics to the water, they were breaking down with the parts per million, and they needed to be that potent. So what it's sounding like is the pharmaceutical companies are taking what they would give to humans and simply rebranding it for the, you know, for the fish industry or for the pet industry
1: bingo i mean simply simply put it's something that is a natural a typical thing that's happening now is that we're using uh antibiotics that are used for veterinary purposes in situations where you are knocked off the grid when you have no access to modern medical care you need to have this kind of stuff available, and I'm not saying that in normal times that you shouldn't call your doctor and say, "Hey, I need an antibiotic because I've got this infection." You know, uh, you should get the you should get that stuff whenever possible. But I'm talking about getting med- getting a supply of medications for situations where you might end up as the highest medical asset left, or you might be the end of the line when it comes to your family's health. Because, well, you know what has hit the fan?
0: Right. And, you know, just to just to further your point, if you guys that are listening go back and you read any kind of survival books or any kind of survival articles where anybody has been in that bad circumstance, you're typically losing people to famine and infection, right? So right. this would at least give you 50% better odds, I would assume, by having these. Would you agree?
1: I absolutely agree. I think it's very important to have some knowledge of what antibiotics are, what antibiotics that are used for what kind of infections, and to make sure that you know when it's safe to use this antibiotic, when it's safe to use that. And we, in the in the fourth edition of our Survival Medicine Handbook, I mean it's now a whopping 700 pages, we talk about all of these different antibiotics and tell you when to use them, what the doses are, uh, can kids use them, can you use them when uh, you're pregnant, let's say, or breastfeeding. These are the types of things that... Uh, You need you need to know. And that's why we made sure we included large sections on that in the survival medicine handbook. Right. And that makes sense,
0: because that was going to be my next question is, is how do people gain the knowledge to know when to use what you know, what antibiotic like when does it make sense to use uh, penicillin versus amoxicillin? Right. And that's not because that's not common knowledge. That's what your doctor would know. So how does the average person get that? But I guess you got that all covered in the book,
1: right? Oh, absolutely. I have all sorts of different information that you can have on all sorts of different types of infections and things like that, you know, so if I talk about Lyme disease, I tell you that, you know, you you can use, let's say, amoxicillin for that. That's one that you can use. If you have giardia, you can use metronidazole for that. Uh, uh, If you have a bladder infection, you can use uh, uh, sulfa drugs for that. And I describe each of these drugs and a dozen others and, and, and also antifungal medications and antiviral medications in detail and in plain English that anyone can understand. That was the main thing, is that I was seeing a lot of medical books that could tell you similar information, but it was all in medical ease. And, you know, it was meant meant to exclude the average citizen from being able to uh, understand this and give and basically give all the gives all the power to the doctors and really limits the ability of the average citizen to function as the medic for the family in in times of trouble and everything that I write about jester it 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 relates to situations where something has happened and it has knocked out the medical infrastructure. there are no hospitals, there are no doctors, there are no Uh, medical professionals, no ambulance, no no rescue helicopter, uh, just over the horizon.
2: Do you have enough food in your pantry for when disaster strikes? Go to www.readywise.com and utilize code DOOM10 for 10% off your entire food order. ReadyWise offers long-term food storage items such as chicken and beef that last up to 15 years. But that's not all. Go to www.readywise.com and use our code DOOM10 for 10% off of organic food as well. Offering chili, pasta, and soups, they have you covered. Did we mention they have fruits? Bananas, blueberries, strawberries, and apples, just to name a few. With many more food options for your home, car, or bug-out bag, ReadyWise has your six. Go to www.readywise.com now and utilize code DOOM10 for 10% off.
1: Everything that we write about assumes that these no longer exist and that you are now the highest medical asset for your family. And we aim to make you effective in that role. We've got to make, we've got to basically put together, and this is our mission to put together an army of medics, one in every family, so that in times of trouble that we, and when hospitals are overwhelmed and the hospitals and the ambulance is heading in the other direction, that you are still going to have, be able to have a chance to take care of your family and, and not just for, uh, life-threatening emergencies, like, you know, major bleeding or orthopedic uh, injuries and things like that. But also we, t- we write about chronic illnesses as well, how, how to have an effective epidemic sick room. And uh, and during the COVID pandemic, um, they were the, they were saying in, in, at the point where hospitals were being theoretically overwhelmed, if, if you believe it, I don't um, believe it. Well, I, I, well, that's why I say that because I, I don't believe it too. I, I believe me, I was in hospital, so I, I, I saw that. Uh, but and they were busier than usual. Let, let's say, you know, at least all, all the lung doctors were telling me that that was, that was what was going on. And so uh, in, in these circumstances, the, the, even the CDC said that, you know, mild to moderate cases should be treated at home by a family member. And so, but they but the problem is they didn't teach you how to do that. And so I did. And so I, I was writing about uh, COVID. Uh, my first article was about a new pneumonia on, uh, uh, that I wrote about on January 7th, 2020. There were a grand total of 60 cases in a place called Wuhan, China. Nobody had died yet. So, you know, they, I, I've been following these things, and, and I'm pretty much, you know, the sentinel for these types of things. I wrote a book about Ebola when it came out. I wrote a book about Zika when it came out. I wrote a, an entire book about pandemic preparedness when COVID came out. So, you know, I, I'm basically here to give information written by, you know, a medical provider, by a doctor, by a medical doctor, a, me- a surgeon, and – you know it gives you the information that allows you to deal with things and function to take care of wounds and, and recognize wounds that are, let's say, are infected and what to do about. them. Right, exactly, and i to I want to take a
0: step back here and decipher a few things that you said, so let's let's take a few steps back when you mentioned things like giardia. I want the listeners to know, you know this is a common thing for people to get in nature in a survival situation. Uh, we typically refer to this
1: as beaver fever right? Yeah, and, that's right. Because, because it comes in, it, it, it flows downstream and uh, downstream from where beaver dams are. And it, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's pretty common. And think the thing is that even the clearest mountain stream can harbor it. Right. And it's, it's not necessarily the Giardia
0: that's, that's going to get you. It's that you're going to basically crap your guts out till you dehydrate and die and can't fight off the infection anymore. Oh um, yeah. It's,
1: projectile diarrhea if there's such a thing and it <laughs> smell it's greasy it smells terrible uh, and uh, you get dehydrated very quickly and, and and you know what food contamination water contamination this is what I think are going to be one of the main killers uh, in survival settings where people that are un- unknowledgeable about how to disinfect water you know are going to be wind up drinking this stuff wind up getting dehydrated, at, to the point that they may actually die, and and I only have to point back to the Civil War. To, oh yeah, to, to yeah. prove that so many people had, uh, so many of our soldiers had uh, dysentery and and other kinds of intestinal ailments that caused them to have diarrhea and caused them to uh, uh, become dehydrated to the point that they actually died of dehydration. So if you guys ever go back and you read the stories about
0: the soldiers getting sick in the civil war in, I went back and I've actually read through some of the stuff. It's very interesting because it was, it was primarily the city boys that were getting mostly sick because the, uh, the country boys that were raised on well water or, you know, rain collection or cisterns, their bodies had built up some immunity to these things in the water and the city boys were the ones really getting sick, um, during this time period it's a wild read if you guys go back and check that out but some- yes it was
1: worse in, it was worse than the north because of all the industrial because it was much more industrialized and more people lived in cities yeah so uh something else you mentioned
0: uh about everybody having a medic within the family so currently right now i'm about halfway through my emt classes i don't have a strong medical background and because of COVID relief, they're offering classes at the local state college for next to nothing. Right. So I'm I said, you know what, there was two reasons I did this. Number one, if shit hits the fan, I'd be way better prepared for a medical emergency, a medical circumstance. So I was like, let me go and get my EMT out of the way just so I have some knowledge to be able to help people, to do, you know, more harm, you know, to be able to not do as much harm if I need to treat somebody for something. And then the other reason is, and this is mind blowing to me, but uh, my family and I, we go overseas every year to Greece and we go to a little town, little village over there. And do you know, Dr. Alton, in, in that town, there are no emergency services. There's no 911. There's no ambulance. There's no nothing. If something happens to you and they can't get you, get you to the hospital in time, you're basically dead. So that was another reason why I decided to do this is maybe if something happens to a family member or a friend, I could keep them alive to get them to the hospital, right?
2: Fire is one of the most basic essentials for survival. Whether you're camping, hiking, or preparing for disaster, Blackbeard has your six. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com and utilize code Doomsday for 10% off your entire purchase. Blackbeard offers stormproof matches, plasma arc lighters, fire starters, and ferro rods, all of which are great for your bug out bag. Once again... Go to www.blackbeardfire.com and utilize code Doomsday for ten percent off your entire purchase.
1: Well, well, they don't have a resource. They don't not have a resource anymore. They have a resource that's going to be worth its weight in gold once you're finished your training, Jester, and that's you.
0: Right, and that's that was my big hopes for this now. Something else you mentioned, if you actually believe what was going on, you know, within the hospitals during COVID, I have a friend, she's a surgical tech, she works at a uh, surgical center in the state of Florida, and they only have a two-person morgue, okay? It's not uncommon for them to lose someone during surgery, so they have a refrigeration truck on contract, on standby, for this guy to show up if they end up having a third body, because again, they only have a two-person morgue, so... Her surgical center was all over the news, and they were screaming, COVID, COVID. The morgue is so overfilled that, you know, they had to bring in refrigeration trucks, which the guys may be there once or twice a week because, again, two-person morgue. That's it. So we know that the media over, you know, they sensationalized this and blew this out of proportion real, real big. And, Dr. Alden, I got a question for you. Um, Nobody seems to be able to answer this where are all these emergency respirators at that they were building?
1: (laughs) Well, they built, they built a lot of them and I bet they're in the, uh, the same warehouse where they put the Ark of the Covenant after uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ah, that makes sense. And you probably (laughs) won't see them again. Now what I bet will happen is that they'll sell whatever extras they have to uh, other countries like underdeveloped countries and, and things like that. So uh, if if they if they did build them at all, then that's probably where they where they wound up going. But but you know what you mentioned something, Jester. I think it's important to know that a, a mass casualty event depends on where you're at. I mean, if you're in an area where there's one one ambulance, then a car accident that has three people injured could be essentially a mass casualty event because it overwhelms the local area's ability to respond
0: to it. Right. Okay. So let's just for an example, since you bring that up, one that's going to be fresh, I think in everybody's minds is going to be the earthquake that just happened in Turkey, right? Um, right? Thousands, tens of thousands of people were lost there, right? Uh, that yeah. I can't remember what the exact death toll was, but let's go back to America for a second and think about, you know, think about 9-11, September 11th. We lost 343 firemen just to, just to that event. And those were the first responders. So imagine, you know, if there was anything else going on outside of Ground Zero that day, you were not getting first responders. So if you were in that realm of the city and you were, say, stroking out, going into cardiac arrest down the road, they were too. Um, they were too You're busy with them. the attack to even, you know, come come
1: check you out. Yeah, uh, you know what? That is something that's absolutely true, and and there's something worse. If there was something, let's say there was an, a a, uh, a nuclear detonation in New York, or let's say there was a uh, a pandemic that had a twenty percent death rate, okay, that that came that came around. Now, in various cities, they did a survey, and this is after Hurricane Katrina, and they asked them, they asked firefighters, law enforcement. And emergency person, emergency room personnel. One simple question. If a disaster on the level of Hurricane Katrina came to your area, would you report to work?
2: Want to be a guest on the show? Email it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. That's it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com.
1: In Philadelphia, 50% of law enforcement officers would not report to work. In Birmingham, Alabama, 35 to 75% of firefighters, depending on the pre, on the uh, station, would not report to work. And 35% in uh, I think in Jacksonville, and 35% of uh, uh, emergency room personnel would not report. And why are would they not report? It's very simple. When when they were asked why. It was simple. They have a family. Yeah, I
0: I got to tell you. So I used to work in law enforcement, and I've done everything from work for the sheriff's office, uh, being an SRO, doing asset protection. I've I've done a lot of different things in that realm. And I was when Irma came through Florida, I was actually doing asset protection. And uh, you know, my my boss at the time said, "Hey, you're not working during this hurricane. We don't want to risk anything happening to you. We think you should be at home with your family, right?" And I said, you Mm -hmm. know, fair enough. I completely understand that and I'm happy you're sending me home to go be with my family while this hurricane's rolling through. And that's what not a lot of people are thinking about. Criminals think about this. Crime goes up when these things happen, right? Oh, Um, yeah. But anyway, just just to further your point, yeah, I want to be home protecting my family. I don't want to be out running calls. I don't want to be saving somebody else when I know I have children at home that need dad to be there, or
1: if my wife needs me, et cetera. Right. And it's perfectly understandable. I mean, I, I wouldn't doubt, uh, you know, these people's dedication just simply because they want to protect their family. No. And that's, that's the big thing that I don't think
0: anybody takes into consideration is, you know, the 911 dispatchers, the, the EMTs, the paramedics, the doctors, the police, the, all the first responders, they have families that are going to take priority over patient care or priority over
1: somebody else's emergency. And that's why it's so important, Jester to have someone in your family that is the designated medic. And that person needs skills, that person needs supplies and person needs knowledge and, and, and training. And if, and that's why we put together all, of, all of our, uh, information at doomabloom.net why we've written all of these books including uh, the survival medicine handbook the essential guide for when health is not on the way and now it's in its fourth edition because people have been asking about i'm always being asked about this topic or that topic things that i might not have covered in previous editions now i've got over like 250 different medical topics all of them discussed as if the medical infrastructure has gone away and that you are now in basically a survival scenario. This is an emergency action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles in front of the following cities. Miami,
0: Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit,
1: this is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned the next emergency message will be a presidential address.